Moses came down from the hill Holding the rules in his hand Looked all around Suddenly found No one was listening Now it's time to throw down So throw down Throw down We'll throw down Throw down Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Nearfall Radio, posted at buttonmunchchips.com. Buttonmunchchips, sit on your button munch. I am your host, Landon Doan, also posted in the iTunes store. Be sure to search Nearfall Radio in the podcast section and iTunes. Uh, subscribe, five-star review, remember, five stars or GTFO. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my tag team partner, if you will, just an incredible podcasting host. It's Justin Kritzinger, everybody. How you doing, buddy? Feeling good. Thank you, Landon. Glad to be back here on Near Fall Radio. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back once again. We are fired up for another pre-pay-per-view show. I am so ready to predict the future. Because I don't know if you all listened <laughs> to our Money in the Bank episode, but I'm pretty sure we we nailed like almost every single one of those matches. Just forget the ones where we, we were wrong. The ones we were right, we nailed them completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The ones that we were right, 100% Stone Cold Steve Austin locks of the week. Yeah. The the matches we called correctly, we were 100, we were 100% on those. So just remember those. Mm-hmm. Justin and I put the dumbass in Nostra Dumbass. <laughs> so we're going to do it again today, I'm telling you. Exactly. We are uh, joining you on August the 15th. We're halfway through the month of August. Almost. Oh, unbelievable. Wait, there is 31 days now. We're almost halfway through the month of August, uh, <laughs> and we are on the precipice of the second biggest WWE pay-per-view of the year. Jeremy Pivens once called it Summerfest, but everybody else calls it Summer Slam. So uh, one word. Yes, yes, one word, two capital S's. You can fig- <laughs> you can figure out where they go. You can uh, capitalize liberally, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Just be artistic with it. Have a exactly. good time. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. But I'm, I'm excited. You know, this is the event of the summer in the wrestling world. And that's why they call it the SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about it. I know we're going to get to it. I'm pretty excited about this card. My Sunday, my Sunday, I mean, that's my fun day. That's what I've always said. <laughs> Well, uh, Sunday is fun day, and uh, top to bottom, this is a very stacked card, uh, including the pre-show. It is 13 matches, so uh, WWE has decided to make it a five-hour uh, pay-per-view event with the special start time of 7 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Or, good Lord, look at me. I know time. <laughs> 7 Eastern, 6 Central. There we go. Hey, now. For uh, those of us, or for those of you in the Eastern time zone, hey, now. Yeah. Um no, it's you know it's no WrestleMania in, in terms of of runtime, but but it's God, I hope close. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if this was uh, WrestleMania uh, runtime, the pre-show for SummerSlam would be going right now. Yeah, we've we've already kicked it off. But uh, we're gonna get to SummerSlam momentarily. Unfortunately, we do have to start with a little bit of sad news at the top of the show. It is the passing of Jim the Anvil Neidhart at the age of sixty-three. Uh, was a part of the legendary tag team, the Hart Foundation, with WWE Hall of Famer Brett the Hitman Hart, uh, was later part of the Hart Foundation stable in the late 90s with uh, Bret Hart, Owen Hart, Davey Boy Smith, and Brian Pillman. Um, 
Anvil was obviously a big part in building towards uh, Bret Hart's legacy, as well as the WWE, because, I mean, the Hart Foundation was a very integral tag team in the WWE in the late 80s into the early 90s and was a big part of getting me into wrestling as a whole. Honest to God, my first memory on the planet Earth was watching the Hart Foundation take on demolition with my papa. So, uh... Anvil was very important to the WWE. He or unfortunately had his demons. He uh, was in and out of WWF at the time and WCW uh, several times. Uh, but it seemed like, from a personal standpoint, Anvil was a really good guy and everything we read. And what we saw in Total Divas here recently, ironically enough, this might be one of the uh, times where uh, reality TV has a positive. But everything we saw in Total Divas, he seemed like a really good guy, a really caring father, a really good husband so uh thoughts and prayers to, uh to the uh Neidhart family to the Hart family as well uh, natalia was pulled from uh raw this past week she was scheduled to uh wrestle alexa bliss uh i don't know her availability for SummerSlam this sunday but you know obviously life takes precedent in a situation like this uh, wwe did have a really nice uh package in the third hour of raw this past weekend uh looking at the life of jim neidhart uh, if you haven't seen that i suggest you go check it out on youtube uh but yeah rest in peace neidhart uh jay any thoughts on the anvil yeah it's really sad um you know I, he wasn't my first memory of watching wrestling uh but he was certainly when i think about my early days of watching the sweet science of professional wrestling he's 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 in there and you know one of my favorite wrestlers of all time is Brett the Hitman Hart so I definitely have a lot of Hart Foundation um, in my memory banks and I always thought of Jim as just being you know he was the enforcer you know he was the muscle mm -hmm. he was the big dude uh, to get in there and face off against the the other big dude who the tag team might be going up against and um I always think he was he was the guy that you know was outside waiting for that tag when Bret Hart had taken a beating, and he was like trying to crawl to the corner, and people are just you know trying to give Bret Hart that last little boost of energy so he could make that little sprint or the little thrust from you know just from his knees to to go slap the hand of Jim Hart Jim the Anvil Nightheart, and then he would get in there and just start you know laying waste to both of the other competitors because <laughs> inevitably he'd go over and maybe throw in an extra punch for good measure for the man who wasn't even the legal man but um yeah a lot of good memories of 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 the, the heart foundation and and jim the anvil Nightheart. and uh it's sad because i think we've lost a lot of icons from the wrestling world over the last few weeks and you know it's something that happens with time it's it's a natural part of life unfortunately and i think what we do is exactly what we're doing right now is is we celebrate the memories we have of those people and you know just hopefully keep their spirit living on and um you know i, I think that's the best thing we can do so r.i.p jim the anvil nightheart yeah uh and like you mentioned earlier uh unfortunately that, that is something we've been having to deal with a lot here recently uh in the last few weeks you made mention to it nikolai volkov passed away uh brian christopher passed away and then and another uh gentleman uh his name is escaping me right now uh he had a long battle with uh, prostate cancer he died uh relatively young at the early 50s his name is escaping me i apologize obviously but yeah that is something that unfortunately wrestling fans have been having to face and unfortunately this isn't anything new uh thankfully it does seem like the culture of wrestling at least at the wwe has changed to a more healthy more 
health conscious uh, culture and hopefully us seeing, you know, these larger than life athletes and characters on our screens, hopefully us seeing them pass away too, uh, way too young is a thing of the past. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I, I think the world has gone to a much better, more health conscious, um, health first kind of a mentality in, in all professional sports and professional entertainment. And, I, and obviously that's fantastic. So hopefully we see um, longer lifespans for our favorite superstars. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we are going to shift to uh, in-ring action because, uh, like we mentioned, we are on the verge of SummerSlam. It is a stacked SummerSlam. Before we get there, I do want to give a quick shout-out to uh, something that might have an impact uh, to SummerSlam this Sunday, and that's the return of one Dean Ambrose. Jay, uh, thoughts on the returning lunatic fringe? He has a new look. He looks jacked, new haircut, giant beard. Good look for Dean Ambrose. <laughs> Are we sure this is Dean Ambrose? That's, <laughs> that's my question. This this guy, I never knew Dean Ambrose to be like, you know, this roided out, not roided, excuse me. I don't want to accuse him of, of uh, juicing, but he's ripped. He's yeah, huge. he is jacked. And it, I don't feel like it's been long enough for him to have gained that kind of bulk, but maybe it has. Um, coming out with the kind of the, sh- the the buzz cut look, the beard. I mean, this guy, this guy looks like a totally different man. And he came out, you know, on fire mm-hmm. uh, when he made his appearance in Raw. And, and it was exciting. You know, um, it's a different kind of thing. I, I'm excited to, to see him back. And I hope that he does play a factor in SummerSlam. You know, he's going to be in Seth Rollins' corner, kind of watching his back, and um, hopefully that leads to some exciting, you know, extra man antics as we watch that match. Yeah, we'll definitely get into what we think can happen uh, with Dean Ambrose in the corner at SummerSlam. That pop he got when he came out, I mean, like, holy smokes. That was huge. Yeah, like that that was one of the loudest crowd reactions I've heard in a long time. And and it was funny I saw on social media some people were saying, "Wow, I can't believe a mini Triple H came back to help uh <laughs> Seth Rollins because I mean like like with the beard and the haircut and and the new physique, I mean like Dean Dean Ambrose does kind of look like a small version of Triple H because- and and like this is this is a Dean Ambrose we have not seen, and I'm super excited at the possibilities of what this Ambrose can do. Uh, like I said, we will get to that um, when we get to that matchup. I do want to give a quick mention to NXT. Uh, we're not going to break down the entire card, but I do want to give a uh, give some quick thoughts on that. I am excited to see uh, the continuation of Tommaso Ciampa and uh, Johnny Gargano's uh, epic feud. This time it's a last man standing match for the NXT Championship. I think that's going to be exciting. And I'm very interested to see what these two are going to do to top what they did at Chicago's TakeOver most recently. Because that was an amazing matchup. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Undisputed Era is going to be doing. Uh, I'm a big fan of what they do. 
on NXT. Both Adam Cole uh, is going to be defending his NXT North American Championship against Ricochet, who is just a fun-ass talent to watch. And then the combination of uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong will be teaming up to take on Mustache Mountain, who if you saw the NXT UK TakeOver uh, special and then the consequential rematch on NXT where uh, Undisputed Era lost and then got back their NXT Tag Team Championships. I'm very excited once again to see what these guys are going to do to up the stakes. Um, Velveteen Dream and EC3, I think it's going to be a really fun match. Velveteen Dream is a very unique, interesting character. Uh, harkens back to Gold Dust, very uh, walking the line of androgynous. I dig that. And then uh, finally, uh, Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane. Shayna Baszler defeating her. NXT Women's Championship, a rematch of the very first May Young Classic Finals. So I'm excited to see uh, these two lock up again, uh, what they can do on the stage of TakeOver. And I like the fact that th that's it. That's the entire card. It's five matches, all like top tier matches, going to be in, going to be out. And honestly, like, I think that might be why a lot of people look back so fondly on the NXT Championships because they are just five matches. They're going to be two and a half maybe three hours where on the flip side you have the very next night you have something like SummerSlam that with the pre-show is probably going to have a total runtime of like seven hours yeah and when you when do you start getting diminishing returns i think exactly yeah mm -hmm. and and i like it too i like that approach i i like giving giving you quality every single match you know i know there's a lot of theory and thought that goes into well we're going to have this huge match that's going to get the fans really fired up and, and it's going to get the crowd the energy going we're going to put another match right after that that'll bring it down a bit we'll give everybody a rest why do we have to do that honestly like I, I i guess if you're trying to do a seven hour show you can't keep the energy all the way up here the whole time but if you're talking more like three four hours but you could have a really quality show that's just stacked top to bottom and is all quality matches. You know, I, mm -hmm. you don't have to put every single superstar in every single paper. You really don't. And, um, you know, I, I do think that there's there's a lot to be said about, you know, just giving us quality, drop the quantity down, and, and we're still going to be happy campers at the end of the day. And we're, and, and we're not going to be out there chanting, uh, you know, beach ball and, yeah. and beat the traffic and, exactly. and, and we want refunds yeah all right before we get to the uh soup du jour which i think means the important part i don't know it sounds fancy regardless jay any thoughts on nxt takeover i know nxt isn't exactly your forte but uh any thoughts on the appetizer for sunday's uh super or Summer Slam. Super Slam, yeah. Super um, Slam, look at me. I'm Jeremy Pivens, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's fun. I, I like to see the up-and-comers. I will admit to you that I don't watch a lot of NXT, and I'm not um, you know, very familiar with the, the characters. But what I do see of it, I enjoy. And so I like the takeovers. I think those are fun events before the pay-per-views. And... Um, yeah, I, I think they're going to put on a, a good show. It's 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 fun. It is fun, and it's wrestling, and that's all you can ask for. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that right there, can we put that on a T-shirt? It's fun, and it's wrestling. What more can you ask for? <laughs> <laughs> all right, speaking of fun and wrestling, uh, 
Let's talk about the Fun Day Sunday main event. That is WWE SummerSlam. Like I said, a special start time of, watch it, I'm going to get it on the first try, 7 Eastern, 6 Central. Boom! Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, Exclusively on the WWE Network. The uh, pre-show starts at 6 and does feature two matches. The first one being Rusev and Lana taking on Andrade, Cien Almas, and Zelina Vega in a mixed tag match. This has been a program that has been picked up the last few weeks on SmackDown between Rusev and Almas. Uh, I'm a big fan of Almas. Uh, hasn't done a whole lot on the main roster since his call-up from NXT. Uh, big fan of Rusev, so I'm excited to see these guys tangle in the ring. Uh, and the added element of Lana and Zelina Vega, and probably Aiden English, if we're being honest. Uh, fun times will be had by most, if not all, Jay, thoughts on this match? Well, it's always a good day when it's Rusev Day. And, exactly. And I and I do like, you know, I, I saw that someone made the joke that at least Rusev was taking this well because he made a, a comment on Twitter that at least he gets to share the opener with the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, shout out to the Cruiserweight Championship, which I know we'll talk about in a minute. That's, that's not, you know, that's not small potatoes. Those are some no. good performances there. But, um, but yeah, I, you know, if, if we're going to, uh, candy cap this, I think, uh, my favorites are Rusev and Lana in this one. I think it's time for Rusev to get a little bit of a, a bounce back and, and they're, they make a good team. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, th- I think they're going to pull this one out. Okay, I'm actually going to go in the opposite direction. As much as I'd like to see Rusev pick up some heat after uh, coming up just short against AJ Styles last month, I think WWE has some big plans for uh, Andrade C and Almas, and this might be uh, the start of some uh, stepping stones, so to speak, not to downplay Rusev and Lana in any way, but uh, I think this might be the first of many big things for uh, Almas to come, and Having a win over uh, a former U.S. champion uh, and a character of Rusev, I think that would be a good notch in Almas's young main roster career. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I can't disagree with you. I just, I hate to see Rusev relegated to the job squad. Oh, I do too, man. It, it breaks my heart. Like, like Rusev's the best. Like, he is such a fun character. I, It seems like here recently they've been letting him go more babyface, uh, which I think is a welcome reprieve because for the last few, uh, this entire summer, he's been cheered as a babyface, but been booked as a heel. So I think, like, I'm, I think it's interesting to see what uh, Rusev as a full-blown face could do with uh, Lana in his corner, though it does kind of feel like uh, this might be the breaking point for Rusev and Lana uh, and Aiden English. Uh, I, I actually think Aiden English is going to play into the finish and somehow cost Rusev and Lana the uh, the match. Yeah, okay. You're changing my mind. I changed my vote. Not yeah, really. Not really. I'm, I did I'm sticking, it. I'm sticking with Bruce. I, I'm gonna because you know what? Inevitably, we're gonna have a lot of similar picks, so we, we need to have <laughs> we need to have a few disagreements. In here. I like it. Good call. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's head over to the matchup you uh, mentioned uh, while we were speaking uh, of Rusev Day and Andrade Cien Almas and Zelina Vegas. Uh, it is the WWE Cruiserweight Championship being defended by the champion Cedric Alexander taking on Drew Gulak and. I really like Drew Gulak. His character of making uh, 205 great again, like like uh, no flips pol- or his no flips policy, how he wants to break out PowerPoints. Like I love everything about Drew Gulak. 
yeah, it's it, <laughs> he is a lot of fun. Um, but man, I love me some Cedric Alexander too. Mm-hmm. So uh, golly, this this is a nice uh, clash of styles. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. And uh, uh, Clash of Styles, uh, I think you nailed it because uh, Gulak has that more grounded offense, especially with his character. He's, you know, anti-aerial stuff where Cedric is the exact opposite. He's going to bounce off everything and do three flips on his way to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Cedric pulls out moves that I've never seen before. And I'm really excited anytime he comes to the ring. So this will be fun. This is going to be um uh, a, a really exciting matchup, and man, I you you want to talk about a great way to kick off the show? This is going to get the fans going because Cedric's going to pull off some amazing stunts, and you know you're going to get the drama because Drew's going to work the crowd. Um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna can I throw my prediction out for this one? You absolutely can. Okay, I'm going Cedric Alexander to retain. Okay. All right, and uh, Cedric Alexander has actually had a nice run with the Cruiserweight Championship. I mean, he's held this title since he beat uh, Mustafa Ali at WrestleMania to win the title, and he's retained it since then. So, I mean, he's been on a run. I like everything he's doing. Part of me wants to go with Gulag just because... They have been riding Cedric uh, so long, and they might want to just get a change of pace in there and let Cedric chase for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's possible just to shake things up a bit. So you mm-hmm. go, you going with Gulak? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Because uh, I'm a big Gulak fan. Okay. All right. Sounds good. I like it. So far, we're on opposite ends of the of the ring here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's impossible for us to. Uh, end out of time that's right well it's not impossible I'm sure there's some statistical you know what this isn't a statistical podcast this is a professional wrestling podcast (laughs) anyway uh, not only does Rusev Day get the honor of sharing the pre-show with the WWE Cruiserweight Champion as of this Monday he gets the honor of sharing it with the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions as the champion the B team uh, will be defending the title against the Revival and uh, for those listeners who have been with us since the beginning you might remember that Jay doesn't have a super positive opinion of the B team and now they're the champions so Jay what's your opinion of the champion B team I hate it I hate it (laughs) they drive me crazy I just think they're so annoying I mean it's hard for me to think of them as anything but the Miztourage and you know the spray tans and the douchey attitudes and there's there's not much difference now they just don't have like Miz around to I don't know entertain me and, and keep the there's something to be said for, for Miz kind of you know leading the charge there and uh, bringing some personality to that group I personally just I don't they I don't like them I, I yep. they, they don't entertain <laughs> me um, so ah, god I, I don't know. I I have a feeling that they're going to win this one. Um, I, th- I I just I think they will. I think for some reason people think that they're funny and they enjoy them. And I think WWE is going to ride it for a little while. I, I just don't think they're going to lose it to the Revival. I wish I could disagree with you because I'm a big fan of the Revival uh, and their body of work in NXT. And... I wish I could disagree with you on your assessment of the B team because 
up until they won the championships, I thought, oh, they're they're fun, they're cheeky. This is this is fun. Oh man, look at them. They're celebrating like they like they won something. Like like oh, they're they're excited. They think they're champions. And then they 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 won the championship. And and the joke stopped being funny. And then they got new music because oh my god, their new song like <laughs> that thing drives me insane. That is the worst. It's awful. It's really bad. Like, like it gives them a stupid cheer, like, like, like they're they're the spirit squad or something. <laughs> like, like never once in my life have I been inspired to chant B. And by God, I am not gonna start with Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas. No, thank you. No, but uh, yeah, I uh, don't think it would make sense to take the titles off of. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel right here, so I think the B team will retain. And then uh, we are now on to the main card itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with the rubber match for the uh, matchup that nobody asked for. Finn Balor versus Constable Baron Corbin. Uh, these two have traded wins back and forth, and uh, this feud has been based on Corbin thinking Finn Balor is short or something. Yeah. Because, you know, that works so well for Big Cass and Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. Exactly. He's heightest. (laughs) And I really hope that this is the end of this program between the two. Because, I mean, I understand, you know, not everybody's going to be at the top of the card. So you have to give them something to do in the meantime. But it's just like, I haven't gotten anything out of this feud. And I don't think either Corbin or Balor have either. And and I re- like I'm a big fan of Balor. I I make I make no uh, no issue of, uh, about uh, saying that. I really like Finn Balor as a performer, as a character, and I want him to do things higher up on the you know tier of of Raw. But at the same time, I don't see him feuding with Corbin being that step to get there. Like like this this really just feels like we have nothing for you, so go fight Baron Corbin. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. And and I will say I like Baron Corbin as Constable Corbin. Yes, I, yes. Mm-hmm. I think I mentioned that when we when we last met. Um, I, I like this character a lot more. I, gone are the, the wolf howling at the moon t-shirts <laughs> and the long hair. God, his hair. I mean, like, 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 like. I get it. Your jeans sometimes work against you, but, whew, that hair. Yeah. So now he comes dressed in his nice, you know, button-up shirt with a vest and his his slacks. He looks like he's ready to go into uh, business beating. Uh, or as uh, Finn Balor said, he looks like a waiter at TGI Fridays. <laughs> yeah, he needs more flair, maybe. But uh, yeah, at least fifteen pieces. Yeah. But you know, fifteen is just the minimum. But I think you're right. It's like when when Finn and Baron are getting together now, it's almost like one of them should at some point stop and say, "Why are we fighting again? Like, what <laughs> what's going on here?" Um, but they're just mad at each other, you know. And, yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that's fine. Finn Finn is trying to insert himself anytime Baron Corbin's out doing something else in the world. And, um, and don't forget he's short too. He is short, you know, and, and I get it. Baron Corbin, I get it. Man. Um, you know, you can't trust those short people. Um, Oh, that's right. I am talking to one of you tall bastards. <laughs> I'm Mr. No- hey, I, I'm, I'm six foot five when I was 14. So I'm just going to play center and, and I don't have to do anything because I'm eight fi- eight inches taller than everybody exactly, else. Exactly. I never, <laughs> I never had to learn how to dribble. Now, listen, exactly. <laughs> I, I am no Hunter East here, but I, mm. you know, 
Uh, yeah, you want to talk about tall? Hunter's a big master. <laughs> at least for at least for a couple years, I stood head and shoulders above my peers. Um, so I get it. You know, you look down and, and it's kind of like chihuahuas nipping at your heels. You just want to <laughs> kick them away. And and so I, I understand why Baron would be frustrated with that. But I enjoy Finn a lot. I really do. And I, I do wish for better things for him. So I, I hope WWE figures something out um, and, and that they carve a path out for him. You know, maybe he won't ever hold the universal title again. Um, but he could be a U.S. title holder. For sure, uh, maybe maybe they can steer him in the direction of Shinsuke at some point. But uh, which, by the way, I think that'd be pretty fun. But hell yeah, I would I would pay money to see Finn Balor fight Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, that could be pretty good. Uh, but until then, we've got this, and uh, <laughs> I'm going. Ooh, I'm having a tough time on this one, but I, I think I'm going to go Baron Corbin. Really? Yeah. You're going to go Constable Baron Corbin I over am. Finn Balor? I am. All right. Well, this is going to be another one where we disagree. Yes. I'm going to go with the uh, leader of the Balor Club because Balor Club is for all, uh, and I'm part of all. I'm going to pick Finn Balor. <laughs> you fit into that, that Venn diagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. Thank God I barely passed the qualifications. Too, but... <laughs> uh, let's, let's, uh, you mentioned him while we were talking about Finn. Uh he is the current United States champion. He is Shinsuke Nakamura, and he is defending his title this Sunday. So let's go ahead and bring up that matchup. He is taking on Jeff Hardy, getting his rematch uh, from losing last month at whatever pay-per-view it was. You have the internet figured out, ding-dongs. Uh, Jay, thoughts on this matchup? At, though the caveat you have to remember is that Randy Orton has been lurking in the background and sometimes in these matchups itself. He is. The Viper is making himself known and, you know, appearing frequently. Um, I have a question. What was it that inspired Jeff Hardy to start coming out looking like late 90s Sting? (laughs) No, he doesn't look like late 90s Sting because late 90s Sting was was the crow. Um, Jeff Hardy has always had this, like artistic streak he's had a character named willow that used a lot of similar face paints uh okay patterns so this was something i missed out on well it, it's something he's been doing off and on with uh, with characters he started uh doing it a whole lot when uh during his time in tna after he left wwe back in the early 2000s but and I guess here recently it's kind of uh, gotten somewhat of a renaissance with the woken, or excuse me, with the broken character with the brother Nero and stuff like that. That's where the um, whited out eye contacts came from. At least uh, I remember that. But yeah, that's that's Jeff Hardy, man. He likes to use his body as a canvas, and then he likes to throw his canvas off the top of ladders. Okay. All right. Well, that helps me with a little bit of background. I mean, I know like the first time that I saw it, was when he came out to face Shinsuke, um, and at the time he was the title holder, and I was thinking, this is like an intimidation tactic. I love it. You know, I didn't really. It have... is. It is something he's uh, he's reintroduced recently since he came over to SmackDown. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah. So uh, so that uh, it, it is new-ish in that aspect. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool, by the way. Oh, like, it's I, super cool. It's it, awesome. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily want all my wrestlers to be coming out wearing wolf T-shirts and jeans. Um, <laughs> so and, and and having receding hairlines where it looks like his hair is trying to run. Yeah. It, it is funny because, you know, uh, my wife often makes the joke that um, every single wrestler looks like Roman Reigns. 
and there are a lot of them who really do mm-hmm. look like Roman yeah. Reigns. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there is a specific body type for wrestlers. I mean, that's not to say all wrestlers have to look alike, because I mean, like, look at look at the roster. There's a variety of yeah, body types, but it, but at the same time, there are a lot that have a somewhat similar yeah, look. Yeah, and they all like to have greasy black hair, black and, hair and beards. And beards. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so there's a lot of those, but uh, so it's nice to have the variety. Um, Shinsuke's fun. You know, I, I like him as a heel. I hope this match goes longer than three seconds, but it would be hilarious if it didn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he just kicks Jeff Hardy in the face again, just just bang. Or or, oh, or other right. or other way, you know, maybe somehow Shinsuke gets just, distracted and then he just gets, kicks him in the yeah, dick again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, l- let's be honest. This is how this is all gonna go down. Shinsuke is gonna is gonna go for the peen shasa, you know. <laughs> I like it, um, but uh, I wish this I wish this match had a little more to it, um, as in like maybe a TLC match or something. That'd be fun. Um, mm. But without that being the case, I. I think that you mentioning Randy Orton is spot on on this one. I think he's going to be there. He's going to be involved. Shinsuke is going to retain um, probably because Jeff Hart either he's going to get disqualified uh, because Randy Orton's going to interfere and, you know, hit Jeff Hardy with uh, a truck um, <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. Because remember, that's that, that's how he attacks. It's always something out of nowhere. Yeah, out of nowhere. Um, or, you know, Jeff Hardy will get, you know, blindsided or something and the ref won't see it and then he'll get pinned so I'm just I'm imagining that's going to factor in then we'll have you know we'll move on to the Jeff Hardy Randy Orton feud and Shinsuke can fight Finn Balor so so Shinsuke to retain okay uh, we'll figure out uh, the logistics uh, of, of Shinsuke and Finn after the uh, after the podcast but yeah I, I agree with you everything for the reasons you stated uh Randy Orton is definitely going to get involved in this matchup, probably costing Hardy the match. Shinsuke retains here. Uh, I'm hoping they can give Shinsuke a long-ish run with the U.S. title because I know we've said it in previous podcasts, uh, for the lack of a better term, we've called it almost a uh, consolation run for uh, not getting the uh, WWE Championship earlier this year. So I would like to see Shinsuke have a nice long run with the U.S. Championship, and hopefully they can do something interesting with it. Because, it's like, say what you will about the booking on WWE SmackDown, and I know a lot of uh, the internet is very critical of SmackDown creative. Other than his weird obsession with low-blowing people, I really like heel uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Me too. I think it's fun. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't actually. I don't even mind the uh, the nut shots. I think it's pretty funny that that's his thing. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, it's like I get it. It's his thing. It's like, but but like like like, like do, do we need seven every time he comes out? Well, no, maybe not seven. But that it should just be it, you, like you said, the the peen Shaska or whatever. That that should just be his mm-hmm. new move. <laughs> it just uh, it just abandoned a, a legitimate legal finisher. Right. Just 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 go for the low blow. Yep. I like it. Yep. That's what I vote for. Got to fit like like pull out some keys to distract the ref. Like <laughs> like like oh, over there, shiny shiny. Then 
Pinchasa. So uh, it seems like we are both uh, thinking that Nakamura will retain his uh, United States Championship. Let's move on to the uh, triple threat match for the WWE uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. It is uh, champion Carmella defending against Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Jay, you are the... Uh, the the flag bearer? Yes, there we go. The flag bearer <laughs> of the women's revolution on this fine podcast. So I feel like you have to get the first word here. Well... Carmilla, you've had a long run, not maybe not as long as you'd like. Um, I, I I don't know how you've managed to escape all these matches and retain that title. Um, some would say James Ellsworth has had a little something. James to do with James that. Ellsworth, yeah, that's the, that's how you pronounce that. <laughs> um, but now at this point, you know this triple threat match with Becky Lynch and Charlotte, I just. Ooh, it'd be it'd be tough to, to see how James Ellsworth could you know help her overcome those odds, and I think maybe it's time. Well, James Ellsworth has actually been fired. Okay, he is so no longer he's not with even the company. Be there. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well that piece is an interesting piece of information. I did not realize that. So, well that being the case, I don't know how she's going to escape this one. Um, I really feel like Flair being added to the match. It makes me feel like maybe it's time that she gets a title back, and uh, I like—I really like Charlotte as the champion. Um, mm, yeah, this is—I I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, um, and I'm excited about this one probably even more so than uh, the, the the Bliss Rousey matchup that we're going to get to in a minute. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm. I, I think so. Although that one's going to be good too. They're both good. Let's just be <laughs> honest. Both of them are good. Um, I'm gonna. Nope. I'm going Carmilla. Carmilla to retain because. Really? Wow. <laughs> Let me tell you where how I got to this uh, decision. So basically, I'm thinking one on one with no outside interference. I, I feel like Charlotte would take down Carmilla. Same thing for Becky Lynch. I think that's true. In a triple threat match, you have that, you know, outside factor there where Becky Lynch and Charlotte could take each other down. And Carmella could just be, you know, it could be one of those situations where at some point she gets, like, knocked out. So she's not even a factor for a little while. Becky Lynch and Charlotte going at it. You think somebody's going for a pin and then something happens. Carmella sneaks in and... And, and steals a victory I could totally see something like that happening and uh, so that's that's where I'm going to go with this one okay I'm uh, not going to lie I am surprised that's where you landed on but uh, for the reasons <laughs> you stated I that's there's some logic in what you just laid out there because if this was just a straight up matchup I agree like when this was just Becky Lynch versus Carmella before they introduced or interjected Charlotte Flair into the matchup, I was thinking, okay, finally, this is where Becky Lynch is finally going to get over the hump. She's been on the cusp for months. She's just been like right there, but always falls just short. I was thinking this was going to be the time where she overcomes and gets that championship. But with Charlotte being introduced to the equation, I'm not so sure. I'm still going to pick Becky because I'm a big Becky Lynch fan, 
but I don't feel great about this pick. Like, like this is this is just this is a gut pick. This is this is not a brain pick. Yeah, yeah, no judgment there. Um, I, I really, I do feel like this one is a bit of a toss up. I, I think they could go in a lot of ways, but because mm-hmm. because it's not just a straight up heads up one on one match, I think this is where they find a way to you know for Carmella to sneak it out, even though she's lost um, to both of these individuals in the past. Mm-hmm. And uh, on SmackDown the last two weeks, they have been teasing tension between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Yeah, they say they're all good. They're on Friends, you know, tea time. They have their fun little hand gesture where they clink invisible tea glasses because, you know, that's fun. But they they always have these, like, looks of, like, mm, I don't know, at, at, like right before their segments end. So they have been teasing some tension. I am curious if we're going to see one turn on the other. Uh, I'm not going to lie. If it's Becky turn, turning on Charlotte, I don't know how well a heel Becky Lynch would work. Like, honestly, like... I'd be down to see Charlotte turn turn heel again. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. Like like like, I think I think Charlotte is born to play the heel. Yeah. But then if if she turns heel, what do you do with a heel champion Carmella? Because in that situation, you would assume Carmella would retain, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like you said, they could go in so many uh, so many different ways. So this this is a toss up. I could see all three women walking out with the strap to Sunday. I guess they'll just have to cut it in three pieces and they all share. Like the end exactly. of Mean Girls. <laughs> and they can just... Alright, so uh, Carmella will be champion on Sunday, Monday. <laughs> Becky on Tuesday, Wednesday. And Charlotte Thursday, Friday. And they'll have alternating weekends. There Boom, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I want to uh, head and talk about the monster in the bank that is Braun Strowman defending his Money in the Bank contract against Kevin Owens and in this matchup should uh, Braun Strowman lose uh, by pinfall, submission, or countout, or disqualification he loses that contract to Kevin Owens. Uh, I think that's a very interesting caveat because uh, we saw uh, Braun Strowman very happily lose their cage match because he got to throw Kevin Owens off the top of a cage. So in the past, Braun Strowman has shown he, he doesn't mind losing as long as he gets to hurt somebody. Now, if he hurts somebody in the you know disqualification sense, he loses his Money in the Bank contract. So I think that's an interesting caveat. Jay, how do you see this matchup going? Yeah, and I think that's key. And I think there's a reason that they've done it this way. So absolutely, uh, you know, we, we know the buildup. We know what's been going on here. We saw Braun Strowman turn a stage over recently, um, mm-hmm. which was With three dudes on it. That was fun. <laughs> that was a fun thing to see. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? it was fun. I agree. What will we see Braun Strowman turn over next? You know, um, <laughs> yeah. Tune into Monday Night Raw for fun feats of strength. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that based on that stipulation that even if. Uh, Kevin Owens wins by disqualification that he gets the Money in the Bank briefcase. I think it's going to happen. I, I absolutely do. I, I think Braun Strowman. Um, I, I think he's going to destroy Kevin Owens. He's going to be he's going to be a, a puddle of a man um, after this match. But at the same time, we've seen that before, and Kevin Owens gets his limp hand raised in victory, and then they will hand that briefcase over, and that's what's that's what's up. That's where we're headed. Yeah, I a thousand percent agree with everything you said. Like something in my gut tells me, again, this this is a gut pick. 
that Kevin Owens is going to be victorious here. Like, I agree. I think he is going to get the bejesus beat out of him. Like, like he's probably going to be thrown off the top of the Empire State Building uh, when all is said and done. But something by hook or by crook, he is going to walk out with that Money in the Bank contract. Yeah, I really think that's true. He, and, he's, and not it, gonna be all, he's not going to be better off for it, but he'll have it. Oh, no, no, no. He is definitely going to feel it in the morning, uh, as they say. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with uh, what they would do with Braun Strowman at that point. Because, it's like, I mean, he's still crazy over, but at the same time, like, maybe a chasing monster is better than, you know, monster in the bank. Yeah, I, I kind of think that's true. Like, um, it's, it's fun to have him with a chip on his shoulder coming after people, you know. But if he gets the title... And it, like say say he cashes in, he gets the title. Then what? Then where does he go? Um, and maybe you could have a fun storyline of, of people just you know him just <laughs> kicking away the chihuahuas that are biting, just slaughtering people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I think you're right. I think um, the, a chasing monster is a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, though, again, uh, like I said, this is just kind of a gut instinct. Uh, I could very easily see a situation where Braun Strowman just goes out there, squashes Kevin Owens, and then you know maybe shows up later in the evening because you know he did he did swear uh, as soon as he saw Brock Lesnar on WWE uh, television he was going to cash in his uh, Money in the Bank contract, which I mean he didn't. I just want to point that out, Braun. Honesty goes a long way. <laughs> Braun. Anyway, uh, let's head over to the other tag team uh, championship matchup. And this is a matchup that got booked uh, here recently, but I'm really intrigued by it. It's the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champion, the Bludgeon Brothers, defending against the New Day. And I feel like we might... It it really might be a new day. Yes, it is when it comes to the tag team champions uh, division on SmackDown. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you know, um, New Day has won their way for this opportunity. Um, they're the number one contenders, and um, I, I think it's time. As you, you know, I am a declared fan of the Bludgeon Brothers. I enjoy them. I think they're fun. Um, They've had the title for a while now, and New Day New Day has had their opportunities and haven't been able to um, cash in, if you excuse the phrase. Um, <laughs> but I think it's time. I think the New Day is here. It's Rusev Day, and it's a New Day, and they're going to take it. I, I really it's do think Rusev that. Day. Yeah. I'm with you. Oh, okay, well, uh, you might be an, uh, an open and admitted fan of the Bludgeon Brothers. I am not. Like, I am a fan of uh, them as performers, especially uh, Luke Harper. But them is this combination, this team. Like, I like the look of the Bludgeon Brothers and what they, you know, should be. But it's like this past weekend on SmackDown, they were beating, like, like jobbers they were beating local talent i mean they were going out there and having squash matches and it's like if i'm sorry if you're the champion you shouldn't be having squash matches against no name uh indie talent and and like i just really feel like the uh smackdown tag team division with the bludgeon brothers at the top like it almost is it, it almost chokes off all the teams below them because i mean like you mentioned how the New Day recently won their way into the number one spot uh, to take on the Bludgeon Brothers. They did that because they won a four-pack tournament, and 
I don't know if you've had a chance to watch uh, The Bar and The New Day uh, from a couple Smackdowns ago. They gave them like 30 minutes at the end of the show. That was one of the most entertaining matches I've seen in forever. So, I mean, like, there are some teams that can go in this division on the SmackDown side, I already mentioned the New Day, the Bar, uh, Gallows and Anderson, um, the Usos. There's there's a lot of talent, and I just don't feel like they can do anything with the Bludgeon Brothers at the top, especially with the way the uh, Bludgeon Brothers have been portrayed as like, well, they just they just kill people. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's their character. And and I think, you know, maybe the idea is fun to have them as champions, but maybe in execution, it's just not what we thought it would be. But I, I agree with that. I, I I don't necessarily think they're the best champions, and maybe it's not what's best for the division. Um, I I like their style. I like their aesthetic. I think they're. I just think their characters are fun. Um, all that being said, I think it is time for New Day to get those titles. <laughs> and I mean, off the top of my head, it's been a while since the New Day has held any sort of uh, tag team gold. I mean, they had their run of like 400 days, so you know they don't always have to have the title. But at the same time. It's been a while since uh, the New Day has been in that uh, main event tag team picture, mm-hmm. and and I'm all for them becoming a five time tag team champion. Absolutely, one for the one for the thumb, as they say. <laughs> exactly, but uh, but by the way, the Steelers suck. <laughs> and and belts don't go well on thumbs. No, no, they don't. They, they it, well, I don't know. I think if anybody could pull it off, it'd be the New Day. Just just put some pancakes on it. It'd be really good. <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll stick on the SmackDown side. This is a matchup I think a lot could, in theory, argue is the main event of this Sunday's card. It is the years in the making match between Daniel Bryan and The Miz. Mm -hmm. This is a match that we didn't think we would ever get to see due to Daniel Bryan's health, but ever since he was reinstated... Earlier this year, we've all been clamoring for this matchup because these two have had a rivalry built since pretty much word one when Daniel Bryan came aboard with the WWE. Back in the day, uh, he was a part of the original NXT, which was a game show as opposed to the iteration that it is now. And Dan- or Daniel Bryan's pro mentor was The Miz. And I mean, they could not have been more opposite and they clash from the word go, and then they've uh, they've had. Uh, I'm sure you've seen Jay the video or the interview of them on Talking Smack, where it gets very real, where Daniel Bryan thinks or tells Miz that he wrestle or he thinks he wrestles like a coward, and then the Miz snaps and just like cuts the promo of a lifetime. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, now that Daniel Bryan has been cleared medically to enter the ring, we finally get this matchup. Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Just, Jay, what are you thinking? I'm really excited to see it. And like you said, it's been a long buildup for what we hope to be, you know, an ultimate matchup here. And um, I I don't know if I'm in the minority. Um, I really, I think The Miz is funny. I, I enjoy him um, as a character. I like the way, I mean, he is what he is, you know, um, he, he doesn't wrestle scared. He just tries to wrestle smarter than everybody else. Um, and, and that's how he tries to go about his victories. And so 
I, I like that about him, and I think he's a fun personality. Daniel Bryan, of course, is Daniel Bryan. He's a great performer. So much fun to watch in the ring. Um, this will be really interesting. I, I think I, I think The Miz, personally, I feel like he's been a little more serious lately. Um, maybe maybe after you know he, The Miz Taraj was taken away from him, uh, he's had to kind of come about and and be a little more straight up but uh and he also realizes he has to be serious because he now has a usa reality television show that's been picked up for a second season yeah ex- so, you know. exactly shout out to the miz and missus yeah so <laughs> um my pick in this one's going to be daniel bryan i think he's gonna you know i think i think this is one of those culmination things it's time for him to let out some frustration and uh I, I think it's going to be really fun to watch, but I think he's going to come out on top. I do think there is going to be some cathartic moments where Daniel Bryan just kicks the ever-loving hell out of the Miz. Like I can only imagine uh, the Barclays Center just exploding uh, for the yes kicks when Daniel Bryan is just teeing off yeah. on the Miz. Part of me is saying this just might be chapter one in their story. So like my gut is, or my heart is telling me Daniel Bryan, but my gut's telling me The Miz is going to walk away victorious this Sunday, and this just might be part one in their saga. Yeah, and I could see that too. Um, I think that's fair. Um, but, it, you know, a Daniel Bryan victory doesn't have to be the end of the rivalry either. Oh, that, that, yeah, that, 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 that is very true. So That is very true. You know. Um, I don't know. Screw it. Screw it. I'm going to go Daniel Bryan because I want Daniel Bryan. To <laughs> okay. <win. laughs> yeah. We'll both be wrong together. Exactly. There we go. Good company. Yep. <laughs> but again, it's like I could see this matchup going either way. And who knows what the long-term plan for Daniel Bryan is, what creative has in mind for him. Like, in theory, you would imagine since you have a healthy Daniel Bryan, you would want to interject him back in the main event title scene. But so far, we haven't seen him done that I am curious how long they want this Miz program to go. Like, like I said, this could very easily be just part one of a of a very long saga. I mean, I already talked about their uh, their rivalry that, that's been going for years. I mean, what's not to say this isn't just another chapter in in a you know long epic story? Yeah, and we'll see. Um, I I really do think either way, this isn't this is not closing the book. You're you're right about that. Um, but I, I, I just, I think that at least in this instance, I think Daniel Bryan will come away with it and, um, you know, it'll, it'll just build the Miz's frustration. And of course he's always going to want to rematch. He's going to feel like he got che- of cheated or something, you know? So, uh, yeah, I, again, we could both be wrong on this one, but that's fine. We're it. it sometimes it's fun to just be a homer. <laughs> Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like I said, your your uh, your guts uh, and your heart disagree on the pick, but you know you gotta gotta go with the heart. Yeah, that's right. Because Daniel Bryan's all heart. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yes, yes, yes. And we will close out the SmackDown side of the card with the WWE Champion AJ Styles defending against Samoa Joe. This has been a um, program that's been going for about a month a lot of the promo has been focused on Samoa Joe questioning AJ's 
fathering skills and how he cares more about the WWE Championship than he does his father, bringing a lot of uh, personal attacks in on the WWE Champion. Uh, Jay, thoughts on this program? So, I will tell you, when I first heard about this matchup, I thought, I don't know, like... I like them both. I like Samojo a lot. I like AJ Styles a lot. They're both fun to watch. But, you know, bringing two things together doesn't necessarily make for an awesome, you know, setup or an awesome match. Um, but then I heard that apparently in their, you know, past wrestling lives that they've matched up before and had some pretty epic matchups. And I did not know that. Um... So now I'm a little more interested and excited, um, and, and really I, I can't wait to see what that looks like because I don't know why I'm just I'm really struggling to see what an AJ Styles Samoa Joe match looks like. I, I don't know why I have trouble picturing it, but I do. So um, I'm anxious to see it. I think AJ. I mean, I think he's gonna. I think AJ is gonna retain in this one. And that's just me just saying I, I don't know why they would let him lose to Samoa Joe at this point after, um, you know, everything he went through with, with Shinsuke and everything. I just don't feel like they've built Samoa Joe up enough to get a title at this point. I could be wrong, but I just don't see it. See, it's crazy to me that uh, when, when, when you were saying you just couldn't imagine – AJ Styles and Samoa Joe working together like to me that is just a foreign concept because you did mention in their previous stop at uh, Total Nonstop Action or TNA Wrestling lol TNA um these guys fought all the time and I was watching TNA when AJ Styles was uh, coming up and when they signed Samoa Joe and I very vividly remember these two fighting especially their triple threat matchup with uh, the fallen angel Christopher Daniels I mean that is one of like one for the ages type matchup so these guys can put on five star classics they can put on you know match of the night match of the year candidate matchups in their sleep so I am excited to see what these two can do on the WWE stage especially on on a stage the size of SummerSlam um I will agree with you I don't think Joe has been built up nearly as well as he should have been especially compared to somebody like you know Shinsuke Nakamura yes they had several months to build up the Shinsuke Nakamura AJ Styles promo but at the same time like this this feels very you know a very fast-moving program. I mean, like, this program has been going for less than a month, and and it's kind of a shame because with time, I really felt like they could have made Samoa Joe feel like this hard or this this threat that he really is, this killer, because I'm a big Samoa Joe fan. Like, guy guy can fight, guy can wrestle, guy can move for a, for a guy his size, too. And... It's a shame that he's really only gotten, you know, four or five weeks at best since AJ beat Rusev at Extreme Rules, and that's that's been the entire build we've had. And the build that we have had has been focused on Joe attacking AJ's fathering skills. Now, maybe he's playing towards, like, a psychological mm -hmm. attack, like he wants to go after AJ in that style. But at the same time, I really felt like they could have built him better and shown him more as that killer that he, he'd been portrayed as 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 his 
throughout his entire career. I mean, look at his run in NXT. I mean, he was a murderer from the time he turned on Finn Balor to the time he showed up. Heck, even on the main roster where he debuted as Triple H's right hand attacking Seth Rollins, where he was, he, he identified himself as the hand of the king, so to speak. So, like, Samoa Joe is a bad, bad man, and I wish the build for this program was better. But I actually think Samoa Joe walks away uh, the WWE champion oh, come Sunday. Oh, wow, okay. All right. Like, like, don't get me wrong. AJ has held this title since uh, right before Survivor Series last year. So he's closing in on a year as the WWE champion. And he's had a pretty good run, but he hasn't, I don't think, outside of Shinsuke Nakamura and... You talked earlier on diminishing returns. The longer the you know Nakamura run went without it paying off and getting Nakamura over AJ, the less it really you know paid off. I think Joe might be the most formidable opponent that AJ has faced in his run outside of you know somebody like Brock Lesnar or something like that. So just again, like like I have no I have no science to back up why I'm thinking this. I think Samoa Joe walks out the WWE champion. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not buying into this one. Um, Samoa Joe, the way that they have kind of booked him, he's it's like he's just he's just a, a junkyard dog picking fights with anybody who comes in the yard mm-hmm. lately. Um, and it's just he's just looking for somebody to, to knock heads with. I it's possible. Of course, it's possible he could win the title. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like we've had any kind of. There's nothing that leads me to believe that that's the direction that we're going. But I could be wrong. We'll see. Well, and and like I said, I have no science uh, to back up why I'm feeling this way. And like you said, we've had nothing in this buildup to think that Joe is going to be the one that finally topples AJ. But at the same time, it's like. I'm very curious, like, where do you go next yeah. with a cha- with a face champion, AJ Styles? He's, I mean, outside of The Miz or Daniel Bryan, I mean, he's pretty much conquered everybody, right? Mm-hmm. He, he pretty much has. I, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe he just goes over to the UFC and, and plays over there for a while. Exactly. <laughs> you heard it here first. CM Punk versus AJ Styles at the next UFC <laughs> fight, you guys. Just, says Justin Kritzinger. Lock it down. That's right. <laughs> okay, uh, speaking of the UFC, let's talk about a former UFC women's champion, Ronda Rousey, taking on the current WWE Raw women's champion, Alexa Bliss, in a title match for said championship. Um, Jay, is Ronda going to get over the hill here and get that big Raw women's championship? I would really be surprised. I, I just, I, I don't think that she's put the time in yet. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying anything new when I say that Ronda has made a very successful transition to the WWE. Uh, she, she's doing a great job. She's really fun to watch. She's a good wrestler. Um, and, and I, I want to give her credit for that. Um, I think she's still developing her character. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because her thing right now, um, the, the music hits, she comes out, and then she just stands in front of her screens with the music playing and grins at the crowd for a minute. Um, and yeah, who does th- who does she think she is, Finn Balor? Yeah, right. <laughs> but she doesn't even have like fun handy motions that she does when <laughs> when the music does a certain thing. So um, 
she's got to work on that. But you know, and, and then and then it's fun when she gets like the game face on and she goes for it. I, I almost wish that she, like when it came to matches, that's what she would do every time. They just the music hits and she comes out like a you know like she's fired out of a cannon, ready to kill. She has her angry yeah, face, ready yeah. to kill somebody, and just goes down the aisle uh, instead of smiling and and giving everybody five on the way down. Um, I guess she's trying to still win some some fans, but I, I think she's got a pretty big backing. I don't know. But either way, Alexa Bliss is a very fun champion. She is a fun heel. Um, I really I enjoy everything that they've done with her. And um, the, the way that they got the championship back in her hand with her cashing in the money in the bank the way that she did um, oh. was great. It was... I mean that was that that was some good booking right yeah there. it was it was really really good um, and bliss is bliss has had some help she you know she hasn't been to say the very yeah, least to, to say the least she's always looking for a new pawn in her game um, and but I know you know Rousey's got help in her corner as well so this this time I, I just I don't know I have a feeling I have a feeling that Bliss is going to retain I don't think Rousey's going to win maybe it's from disqualification um I I could see I could see Rousey getting the arm bar on and then something happening where the you know we, we get a distracted ref who doesn't see her tap out and and then you know things get reversed and at that point the uh, the tables turn I don't know. Um, but I do, I, I just, all that to say, I think Alexis, Alexis, Alexa Bliss is going to retain. Um, I just don't think it's time for Ronda just quite yet. I don't disagree in the sense that I don't think it's time for Ronda yet, but she's already in this position. And especially at a stage like SummerSlam, I could very easily see WWE using this platform to cash in on Ronda Rousey and let her run with the strap for a couple months. And I mean, like, just if if you want to keep it just within this matchup, if if all right, just for example, Alexa Bliss drops the title to Ronda uh, this Sunday at SummerSlam, you could get at you could get some months of programming leading up to the eventual rematch or Alexa getting her title back somehow at SummerSlam just by throwing. You mentioned how Alexa has no problem getting pawns uh, and, you know, throwing them, uh, using them as sacrifices. You could get, uh, you know, some weeks out of Alicia Fox going down there and getting eaten by Ronda Rousey. Uh, You bring back out uh, Mickey James, who uh, can, you know, go out there for a couple weeks and then get eaten by Ronda Rousey. And then you're at SummerSlam and you're at that rematch for the title. I don't know. Like, I really don't see WWE not cashing in here on the Ronda Rousey card. Because like I said, it's like they're in, they're in Brooklyn. It's at their second biggest event of the year. Uh, I mean, main event coverage is on them right now. And what better time to put Ronda over other than WrestleMania? Yeah, and I guess I'm kind of thinking that maybe if they're gonna if they're gonna do it, that they maybe they continue to build, and maybe at Ronda's second WrestleMania might be a good time to, to do something like that. Yeah, um, I could very easily see it playing out that way. And 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 like you said, 
this does seem kind of fast for Ronda to be in this position. Yeah, it is. It... Like, 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 even in a sense where you know, oh yeah, everybody has to earn their spot, even though you know it's it's totally booked. But this does seem fast. And I just can't see that sitting real well with all the women who've been putting in the time up to this point. Is is something that I've been thinking about. Um, maybe they're fine with it. Maybe they get it. You know, they they understand. She walks in. She's the new superstar. And, and it's not that big a deal. But, but there are a lot of women who have been paying dues for a long time um, who wouldn't mind carrying around that belt for a little while. So mm-hmm. that's that's that would have to cause some uh, tension in the locker room, I would imagine. Well, and you also have to remember uh, in the not-too-distant future, no, we're not going to watch a movie here in a second, uh, we do have the all-women's WWE event Evolution coming. Mm-hmm. So what's not to say... We don't have a big culmination of either Alexa and Rhonda there, or, like you said, there could be some uh, women superstars who have some uh, hurt feelings at the rocket that has been attached to Ronda Rousey. So it's not to say we don't get a payoff of that there. Yeah, let's get a let's get a no DQ match with Alexa Bliss and Ronda Rousey. Let's let's have that. That could be fun. And, hey, that would play into uh, your theory of Alexa using her pawns. Mm -hmm. So, there you go. Yep. Look at us. We're booking shit. Hey, that's what we do here. And sometimes I feel like we do it better than the the people in charge. (laughs) We should now talk about what some people are considering the co-main event, uh, the matchup they want to see go on last because, you know, they're going to boo the bejesus out of Roman and Brock, but we're going to get to that here in a second. It is the WWE Intercontinental Championship matchup. It is the champion Dolph Ziggler with Drew McIntyre in his corner, taking on Seth Rollins with the returning Dean Ambrose, and that is a a big point to notice because that's in the contract and everything that they each get a man in their corner. Mm. I mean, it, it's in the contract and everything. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, um... Yeah, this is going to be a good one. Um, really excited after you know seeing the uh, ripped lunatic uh, come back on Raw and and Ooh, he's come back on fire like he did. Um, I, I like the prospect of uh, things just kind of breaking loose in this one and and it being a brawl because <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I yep. think that could happen. Um. As far as how I think it's going to go, eh, I don't know. I, um, I, I'm kind of leaning towards the whole champion's advantage thing on this one. Um, Dolph Ziggler with the title in his hands is in a much safer position in case things do get out of hand. And, and there might be some sort of a DQ on somebody. So that being the case, um, ah. I've had a lot of retains on, on this episode. Ah, uh, oh, screw it. Seth Rollins going to win. He's getting, he's getting the title. <laughs> he's going. Uh, he's so, going over. <laughs> so you're burning it down, okay? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Seth Rollins, and and that's why. I, I, oh, he's been on a kill recently. I like to pick against who I'm a fan of because I feel like that's the way it always goes. Uh, I've hey, listen. If Game of Thrones has taught me anything. It's to understand that whoever I'm a fan of is going to lose or get beheaded. <laughs> so, yep. um, 
what, what's the joke? Joss Whedon and uh, George R. R. Martin uh, walk into a bar, and all your favorite characters. Yeah, die. exactly. So, it, 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 I almost feel like I'm, I might be jinxing him by saying it, but uh, yeah, I, I, let's go. Seth Rollins is going to get this one. He's going to burn it down. Okay, I like it. Um, I was curious what the what they were going to do to up the ante from uh, last month's Extreme Rules Iron Man matchup because if you remember, they had a pretty damn good match. Yeah. I know a lot of people were kind of uh, perturbed with some aspects of the match, whether it be the crowd counting down the uh, clock or not. Uh, I know the performers were perturbed of that aspect, but uh, I was curious how they were going to up the ante from an Iron Man match stake, and the reintroduction of Dean Ambrose is definitely one way to do that. Um, I'm really torn, because logic was... Er, wrestling logic is telling me that Dean Ambrose returns and is going to cost Seth Rollins the match and is going to turn on Rollins and we're going to have a Rollins-Ambrose program. But just based on his reaction this past Monday, I really hope WWE doesn't go that route because, like, harken back to when Seth Rollins uh, came back from messing up his knee when he had to vacate the WWE Championship. He came back that one night, uh, that one, it was, I think it was Money in the Bank. He came back at a Money in the Bank pay-per-view, got the most over babyface pop, like, like you remember how I mentioned earlier that pop that Ambrose got when he came out on yep. Raw? The pop that Rollins got on that pay-per-view was at that exact level. So then cut to Monday Night Raw, the opening segment the very next night, and Rollins comes out and cuts a promo about how all the fans suck and, you know, everything's terrible and he's great. And they turn him heel. And they missed, I, I thought, a prime opportunity to have a really hot babyface run with Seth Rollins. And I'm afraid if they were to do that with Dean Ambrose in this aspect they would be leaving, you know, proverbial money on the table because, like, that cr the crowds are super hot for Ambrose right now. They want to cheer Dean Ambrose. And what, like, like we've, we've talked about it, how he recently, Seth Rollins, has been killing it. Like, it's kind of crazy. Dean Ambrose's uh, injury has kind of been a secret blessing to Seth Rollins' career because if you remember when Ambrose got injured, he was tag-teaming with Rollins and they were doing the whole, you know, shield reunion thing ever since ambrose's injury rollins has gone on his own and i mean he's turned it into monday night rollins he's you know burning it down and, and like like he's putting on the best matches week after week so i really would be interested to see what that seth rollins and this super hot dean ambrose can do together so all that being said i don't see the title changing here. I think Dolph Ziggler is going to retain it somehow. I don't know where all four of these individuals go because quite frankly, Drew McIntyre is ready for the main event. Like like if the US title or excuse me, if the Universal title does show up on Monday Night Raw, Drew McIntyre is prime for that thing. So, I don't know where these individuals are going to go after that or after this matchup, but I don't see the title changing hands here. All right. Turns out we have a lot of uh, picks, you know, right that that are not in line this time. So uh, yeah, we are all over the yeah, board. We're just gonna have to frown at each other the whole time we watch SummerSlam. I think we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Is, isn't that the uh, the phrase? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> 
And uh, finally, or <sighs> finally, uh, it is the main event for the WWE Universal Championship, a matchup that uh, I never thought we would see because, I mean, oh man, these guys getting together in one ring, that that, that just doesn't seem likely. It's Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, you guys. Oh man, this is like, uh, what's the name of that next Sharknado movie? The last one? Can we? Can we? It, or or colon? It's, it's about, about time. time. Can we call it? Let, let's mm-hmm. let's. That is the tagline for this match. <laughs> hey, I like it. And actually, we're both correct because the last Sharknado is the last Sharknado colon. It's, it's <laughs> there we about go. Time. So, so we were okay. Both so right. the last Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns. It's about time. Colon. It's about time. <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> you and me both. Um. So here we are again, um, again, and you know things are looking not that exciting. But I like the Heyman angle that's been going on. I think that adds a little bit of interest here. And I know there's a question of is that going to factor into the match? Um, it could, from a maybe at least a distraction standpoint. Honestly, as, as heavy as Heyman has been played in this buildup, I honestly think it has to play into the end of the finish. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it probably I, I, he's at least going to be there. He's going to be ringside. He's going to at some point interfere with the action. Uh, will that result in you know the title changing hands? I don't know because honestly, that would be a lame way for Roman Reigns to finally get the title. <laughs> um, Though honestly, at this point, is there going to be like 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 if we can just get it off of Brock? Is there any bad way? Well, maybe not. That could be a good point. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to step on your on your point. No, Go no, ahead, it's buddy. fine. Feel free to jump in because I'm kind of meandering around here until like into because I feel like that's what we've done with the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns series. Um, yeah, it's just kind of down the middle of the road, kind of back. Hey, at least we didn't have to go to Saudi Arabia for us to meet. Well, that's true. So, this will be it, right? We won't have to see this ever again? We think. Um, we hope. Yeah. I think Roman Reigns is going to get the title. Uh, but what I would love to see is whoever the Money in the Bank holder <laughs> is at the time immediately cash it in and defeat Roman Reigns so that he only holds the belt for 30 seconds or something. That would, <laughs> that would be amazing. Um I know that's not what's going to happen because if if things go the way we say, um, maybe Kevin Owens Owens has the uh, Money in the Bank suitcase at that time, and he will be physically unable to perform by the time <laughs> the Universal Championship match happens. Well, hey, depending on when uh, Braun Strowman throws him off the Empire State Building, he could recover. He, yeah, like, give him like, a little time. If yeah, if Braun Strowman throws him off the Empire State Building, like say the third match, and and this goes on at the end of the card, I mean by wrestling logic, that's plenty of time for Kevin Owens to you know heal up and and at least hobble his way down hey, the ring. Hey, if a soccer player can get carted off in the middle of the World Cup and then come <laughs> back ten minutes later and score a winning goal, then Kevin Owens can do it, um, in with by cashing in that Money in the Bank uh, contract. So, I believe it. If Paul Pierce can be carried off by an intern and another dude in an office chair and then come back two minutes later, Kevin Owens can do That's it. That's right. Because much like Paul Pierce, Kevin Owens is the truth. That's right. And he wants – that is his universal championship and he wants it back. Um, 
but anyway. And then Shania Twain is going to have to play him all the oh, songs. Oh, she would. That's true. That's true. So, but anyway, let's just talk about the match at hand. Roman Reigns, I, I have to believe that this is the one, and he's finally going to do it, and then Brock can take a break for a while and go play in the UFC with uh, AJ Styles. <laughs> and CM Punk, and don't CM forget. Punk. Mm-hmm. Um... I agree with you. Like, like this has to be it. Please, <laughs> that's right? That's, Hopefully, that's what we're saying about it. this has to be it. But, but then I mean, like, if you remember on our last episode, I think it was like busted open podcast or something was reporting that a couple weeks ago at Raw, Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar told Vince McMahon he wants to, you know, do both UFC and WWE, and it's like, oh dear God, no! Here we go again because I mean. If you remember, leading up to SummerSlam, we heard the rumors that, you know, this is it. His uh, Brock's deal runs through SummerSlam. It's done at SummerSlam. He's going to drop the title to Roman, and he's going to go back to the UFC. Well, he didn't, and he's still here. Okay, well, you know, uh, there was a handshake agreement. He's going to go to the greatest Royal Rumble ever, and he's going to drop it there because there's so much money on the table for the WWE and Brock, and it's totally going to happen there. And it didn't. And this entire summer, we've been saying, okay, all right, clearly, 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 this time, it has to be it. This is all building towards SummerSlam. And then, I mean, it even lined up where even after he lost to Bobby Lashley at Extreme Rules last month, Roman Reigns is inserted right back into the number one contenders match. Surely, this is it. It's going to happen, finally. But then we get that piece of news. So now it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. But I just like, like, I want the Universal title back on Raw. Because you remember earlier when we were talking about how it's like, what's Finn Balor going to do? It's like, it's like, oh, you know, Finn Balor, you know, he, he, he might not ever get back, back up to the top to the WWE uh, Universal title picture. Well, you know what? One way he's never going to be up there. If the title's never there, guess what? Nobody's going to be in that title picture. Like, like it, it, it's a detriment to all the talent on the card for the Universal title to not be there and for all those top guys to not have something to chase after. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler, uh, Drew McIntyre, and I guess to a lesser extent now Dean Ambrose, they've definitely made up for uh, lost time going after the Intercontinental title, and there's, and there's been plenty of good action on the card in the absence of the Universal title, but at the same time, it's like... You have to have that proverbial brass ring to grab at the top if you want to, you know, set tears and, like, like show that this guy is on a different platform than this guy, and this guy's uh, better than these guys. It's like, you need that I'm the king aspect. And I'm hoping, 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 hoping that it finally comes home. And you know what? By God, WWE Creative, you finally got me to pull for Roman Reigns. You got me. So good job <laughs> on you. I am I am pulling for Roman in this aspect, but I want to introduce a fun new aspect on the show, something we're going to be doing from time to time. It's called Play the Percentages. And this is the part where I'm going to put in some fun post-production. Not this time, because I'm lazy. But I'm telling you, this is just coming in the future. So Play the Percentages... This is where we have some outcomes. We have, in this case, five outcomes. And you have a total of 100 in your bank. 
and you can distribute your 100 in these five options and these options are there is a blank percent chance so for example uh, there is a blank percent chance I want to order pepperoni pizza tomorrow night if that was the question it's going to be there is a 95% chance I want to order pepperoni pizza tomorrow night because the other option is there is a blank percent chance I want to order pepperoni and sausage pizza so that would be 5% mm. Is that a good example, or Jay, do you want to get in here and explain it better? No, I think that is a good example, although I don't know why you'd go 95% pepperoni over pepperoni and sausage. That's Because pepperoni is good by itself, okay? Okay, well, I guess you're kind of talking about gilding the lily here a little bit. You don't have to make it better, but... Uh, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know what that means, so I can only assume it's a slight against me. No. So knock it off. No, I'm with you. I'm just saying I understand. <laughs> Roger. Ah, okay. Well, well, I'm glad we're speaking the same language. And also, I'm not going to lie, I'm now hungry for pizza. But, you know, <laughs> nowhere too. delivers at this point. So, uh, like I said, we have five options on this version of Play the Percentages. The SummerSlam Play in the Percentages. And our uh, options are, one, there is a blank percent chance that Brock Lesnar walks out of SummerSlam with the title. Jay, of your 100... What percentage do you think that is? Hmm. So, this is going to be interesting. Um, I'm giving it a 20% chance. Okay. And, um, you know, for, for all the reasons we've discussed, I feel like we've had the rug pulled out from us uh, several times <laughs> on this. Where Charlie Brown and creative is yeah, Lucy. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, you'd think, oh, 80% chance. That's of Brock Lesnar not retaining the title that's pretty strong but at this point there shouldn't even be a 20 percent chance and i feel like maybe that's too low but i'm going 20 what about you uh i'm gonna go just a little bit higher i'm going 25 percent chance because uh like you said we have had the rug pulled out on us several times thinking finally this is going to be it this is going to be the time that brock finally drops the title Part of the reason I'm going 25 is for that, but also there's another, there's some other rumors and news that I've heard that Brock might be showing up on the Monday Night Raw after SummerSlam. So I guess if he's going to show up there, I guess it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility if he does retain at SummerSlam. He could drop it to Roman on Raw to pop a really big rating, so... I mean, that might be a possibility. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm th that that's going to give me the 5% difference from your 20% okay. to gets, that gets me to a uh, 25% chance of Brock Lesnar walking out with the title at SummerSlam. Okay. Sounds good. Let me read the next one. We'll alternate. Okay. Yeah, I like this. We're making up the rules as we go. Number next. two, there is a blank percent chance Roman Reigns walks out of SummerSlam with the title. Landon, where are you at? I am rocking a 30% chance that Roman Reigns walks out of SummerSlam with the title. And that's kind of a surprisingly, at least in my opinion, a low number for a outcome that I picked is going to happen in a one-on-one -on -one matchup. You would think it would be, you know, 50-50, but, but that's the fun part <laughs> about playing the percentages. There's caveats, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. But 30% chance that I think Roman is walking out of SummerSlam with the title, like we've said, you would think that this has been 
what they've been building towards. I just openly admitted that I'm pulling for Roman Reigns, so Creative has achieved whatever dark black magic they were going for. So 30% chance Roman walks out with the strap. Yep, well, I'm right there with you. I, I locked in at 30% on this one. And for all the reasons you yeah, really? for all okay. the reasons you said, I put 30%. <laughs> Um, again, we've got some other mitigating factors uh, that might have spread my percentages out a little bit, but just outright, Roman Reigns wins and walks out holding the strap, 30%. Well, and uh, you did mention some mitigating circumstances, so let's go ahead and get to that. Our next option is there is a blank percent chance that Roman Reigns walks out of SummerSlam with the title and Paul Heyman. As romantic and sweet as that sounds. Um, <laughs> I think you might be reading uh, too much into I, this. Well, dude. you know, <laughs> I put that at a 10%. Um, I, I, while I feel like Paul Heyman can be a factor, I don't think that it's going to be like Roman Reigns wins the title and then Paul and Roman walk out hand in hand skipping into the sunset. Like, I just. Well, I, don't, I, don't I, think, I don't think they're going to well, do that either. that's the way either. I pictured it. That's the way I read it, and I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so 10%. Okay, well, with all of those caveats, I still feel like that might be a little bit too high uh, on your end. Uh, I'm, going, I'm going 20% chance here mm. because uh, we didn't get a chance to get into it uh, in great detail. On this past episode of Raw, Paul Heyman actually came out and talked to Roman and made the proposal – what if I left Brock and and hear me out, the reigning, defending WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, and, like, Paul pitched this to him, and, and Roman's like, you know, I've been, I've been trained uh, my entire life to swim with sharks, and I've been taught that, that a wounded shark is the most dangerous shark, and, and you, Paul, are a wounded shark, so I'm staying away from you. And Paul comes back, he's like, you know... You are right. I am a wounded shark. And and you know where you learn that? From your father. And your father didn't just teach you stuff. I might be drowning, but I'm drowning in knowledge. Knowledge from your father. And he and he, and he spoke to him in Samoan and gave him a, a, a note, which we assumed was a contract, and then hit him with mace. So, you know, swerve. Uh, but at the same time, like, the fact that they even just played that out on Raw, it's like, I, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that this was all just some uh, big elaborate hoax uh, uh, or a show put on by Roman and Paul. But at the same time, it's not the most likely scenario I'm seeing uh, that plays out this Sunday, so I'm giving it just a 20%. Here's chance. what I think we could see. Roman's holding up the belt after coming away victorious. Paul Heyman comes in and tries to grab his hand and hold it up and, and stand side by side with him. And then Roman smacks him right in the face with the championship belt. That's what I want to see. Superman yeah. punch. <laughs> All right. Number four. There is a blank percent chance Braun Strowman walks out of SummerSlam with the title. <gasps> what? Mr. Monster in the Bank. Yeah, Landon, where, where are you at on this one? Well, considering I did not pick... Uh... Braun Strowman to win this matchup, I'm giving this a 5% chance because I could very easily see it play out where if Braun was to retain over Kevin Owens, that he does go out there and cash in and win the title. But it's just like, I I don't know if, if, if they hadn't introduced this whole Kevin Owens can win the Money in the Bank contract, I would say we're almost a 
a guaranteed Money in the Bank cash-in from Braun this Sunday. But I don't know if... I obviously don't think he's going to have the contract to uh, steal uh, the title at that point. So I'm going to put it at a 5% chance. But if Braun does beat Kevin Owens this weekend, I do think we see a cash-in from the monster in the bank. Yeah. I, I went with 15 on this one. Um, and and it's really just because if he does come away, just like you said, if he, if he comes out of the matchup with Kevin Owens, he's still got the contract. I think there's a pretty strong chance that we see him as a factor in that main event. So, um, yeah, I, I went a little bit higher than you did on this one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I might have gone a little bit too low, but, you know, it is what no, it is. I mean, I, I think you're it's playing the percentages, ladies and gentlemen. There are no rules. I think your logic is sound, but that leaves us with our remaining amount. So if people have been doing the math, they already know what we have left for number five. But to be fair, I mean, who's going to be doing math while they while they listen to podcasts? Yeah, good. Unless it's a math podcast. Good call. So. Which, by the way, that, that sounds terrible. A math I'm, I'm podcast. I'm sure they exist. Oh, I'm sure they do, too. But let's start a feud with one of them. <laughs> okay. I'm calling you out, uh, Pythagorean theorem today, you sons of bitches. <laughs> I, re- I really hope that's not a podcast. Actually, I really do kind of hope that's... Anyway, our final option in playing the percentages, the SummerSlam edition, is there is a blank percent chance that Monsieur in the bank, Kevin Owens, walks out of SummerSlam with the title. Yep. Because, you know, he's, he's French-Canadian. Monsieur. <laughs> it's very fancy of you. So I had a lot more left over than I think you did. I I have 25% chance on this one. And and that's because I feel pretty strongly he's going to win the contract. He's going to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. And if he can still walk, um, (laughs) I I think there's a pretty good chance that Brock and Roland are going to beat the crap out of each other in their matchup. It'd be a great opportunity for Kevin Owens to come and take advantage of that. So... And then that's going to be, you know, because I don't, I, I think Kevin, Kevin's a strong wrestler. He's a good performer. I don't know that they would set up a story where Kevin Owens would take Roman Reigns down for the title. Um, but if he could sneak one in and at least carry it for a little while, then Roman's got to chase him for a week or two. That could be fun. So I do just want to point out Kevin Owens successfully defended his WWE Universal Championship against Roman Reigns, a title Roman has never held before. Okay, so it's happened. There's history there. Mm-hmm. KO is not afraid of the big dog. Yeah. So it's, He's terrified of Shania Twain, but not the so big dog. So I need dog. to do a little more um, history, obviously. We've learned that in today's show. Um, there's several things that I need to brush up on. AJ and Samoa Joe's background... Yeah, you need to go back uh, 15 years and watch old school TNA wrestling. Where Jeff Hardy's makeup comes from. All right, Landon, so that leaves you. I I did not do the math, so I don't know how what your percentage amount uh, you have in the bank left here is. So what percentage did you give Kevin Owens walking out of SummerSlam with the title? I am assigning this a 20% chance. I mean, it's not crazy low, but it's not as high as your 25%. Like... I mean, I'm giving this a one in five chance that KO walks out with the Universal Championship, which I think would make him the first ever two-time Universal Champion. Yeah, I think so. I, I you know, obviously I'm the historian on this show, and I'm going to say yes, yes clearly, it is correct. <laughs> he would be the first two-time champion. 
So, uh, yeah, that was uh, play the percentage or play the percents, pl- playing the percentages, playing the percents. I called it like nine things while we were going on, but it was the SummerSlam edition of it, damn it. And uh, hopefully that will be a segment that uh, comes back time and time again as the, uh, you know, percentages allow. Uh, Jay, so that's the entire SummerSlam card. Thoughts on the card as a whole? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it, actually. I, I think... Um more so than Extreme Rules, as as it should be, because this is SummerSlam. Um, I, I think there's a lot to look forward to. I think, you know, not everybody's performing in this show. Um, we're, we're missing a few uh, big names, big, you know, people that we've seen uh, performing on the big stage lately, but that's okay. We Like I said, that's kind of surprising because, I mean, again, with the pre-card, there's 13 matches. Yes, yeah. and it and they couldn't fit everybody in. But that's okay. We don't need everybody in one show. Um, I really think if I'm going to go, you know, what what would I vote for for match of the night, potential match of the night? Based on my flawed history knowledge of the WWE. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm going to go in the direction of Rollins and Ziggler. Potential okay. match of the night right there strong yeah what about you honestly any of the last uh four or five matches that we talked about i think could be match of the night candidates i could see uh styles joe being a match of the night uh ms brian i could end up seeing match of the night uh Actually, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna land there. I think Daniel Bryan and the Miz are gonna end up being the match of the night. They might not have the most, you know, quote unquote technical matchup. They might not get all the stars from, you know, Dave Meltzer and those people of the world. But I I think the story that they're gonna tell, I think that's gonna be the most intriguing match this Sunday at SummerSlam. I hope so, because that would be great. I I look forward to a good match there. So all in all, <laughs> top to bottom, but- this is gonna be a fun show. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it again. Uh, special start time, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Central uh, on the WWE Network. Uh, I'm not going to do a promo for the WWE Network because, you know, I don't get paid. Though WWE, I am open to sponsorship. Holler at your boy. Glenn knows me. Um, Jay, before we get out of here, give the lovely listeners some plugs. Oh, man. Plugs like just just like Jeff Hardy's ears. Um, no, those are oh. cages. Sorry. Gages. <laughs> Wrong terminology. No. Um, well, you know, you can hear me in a couple other places. I do a little podcast called Nerd News Cafe. Uh, a couple other gentlemen join me over there, Matt Weaver and someone you may have heard of named Landon Doan. What an asshole. <laughs> um, we spend the better portion of an hour, hour and a half talking about what's going on in, in the world of nerddom. And we have a good time doing so. I encourage you to join us there. We're at nerdnewscafe.com. Not we talked about sharks on, on did, our last we episode. We did. We talked about them. And how LL Cool J's hat is like a shark's fin. <laughs> it still is, yeah. I, I listened back to that episode, and I know it's kind of hack to laugh at yourself on, on you know shit that you record. At one point, I cracked myself up about how I kept going on about about LL Cool J's song about his hat is like a shark's you fin. You were stuck on that. Yep. Yeah, it came up a bunch of times. That's true. He's the gaudy of the deep, damn it. <laughs> uh, anyway, you can follow us on Twitter, nerd underscore news underscore cafe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and all that stuff. One other show I want to tell you about is the Monday Morning Monorail podcast. 
and it is a show about monorails all over the world. We talk about the Seattle monorail, the Las Vegas monorail. No, that's not true. Specifically, their schedules on yeah, Monday. Specifically, when they arrive Monday morning in each station, um, if they're on time. It doesn't change, but you know it for 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 naming. Basically, things. they're very efficient. You know, um, <laughs> that's what we've learned. No, that's not true at all. It's it's a it's a uh, show all about Walt Disney World. So if you are a theme park nerd like me and you enjoy large anthropomorphic mice, come join me on that show. Uh, it's me and my fam. And we do a little segment in the middle called M34D, which is a Disney deep dive with the Dawes. Who's that guy? Landon Doe. That's the guy. So he's on that show. So that's three opportunities for you to listen to me and Landon Doe on a podcast for free. I mean, what a world we live in. I mean, now that you mention it, should we start charging for this? I mean, I mean, this is gold. Let's be completely honest. People are going to pay us to shut up. Hey, I'm okay with that. If anybody wants to make me sign a uh, a shut up agreement, I'm open to it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I'm uh, I'm here to sell out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Twitter.com slash Landoz, L-A-N-D-O-Z. That's where you can find the latest from me, 280 characters at a time. I also run a website, buttmunchchips.com, buttmunchchips. Sit on your butt and munch. That's where you can find uh, the exclusively posted Game of Thrones talk, a.k.a. God Talk, where myself and Hunter East break down each episode of HBO's award-winning series, Game of Thrones. That is a season seven rundown. Uh, we don't have anything prior to that because, you know, we didn't have the show prior to that but you know we're getting bored who knows how long it's gonna take hbo to give us new episodes so we might go back and do some old episodes i don't want to speak for hunter he's a busy person he's in a band in nashville he's he's good at guitar hunter the guitarist like like i think that's that's his social media tag which is just so terrible <laughs> but but i love him to death anyway uh yeah, I think that's everything. Um, thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be returning to our bi-weekly schedule after this week's episode. So you won't hear from us next week. It will be week after next. So uh, in the meantime, for Justin Kritzinger, I'm Landon Doan. This has been Nearfall. Take care, everybody. See ya! event hold on there's a massive fucking spider on the floor i gotta get up and go kill it yep kill it dead i had to kill one with a shovel the other day the proceeding was a butt munch chips production for more episodes and information please visit buttmunchchips.com. butt munch chips sit on your butt and munch